was disappointing, but uh, look, I'm just uh, at some point also I was happy that the match was over, I guess. Sponsored by Tennis Express, I'm your host Chris Otto coming to you live from day 11 of the U.S. Open here to talk about all things tennis. Of course, we're going to tee up the women's single semifinals, which will occur later tonight, and they are so mouthwatering. we got to talk about that. And of course, we're going to talk about what we're going to see on day 12. The men's single semifinals are set. But before we get to any of that, let's backtrack to that original comment that opened the show from Roger Federer. Of course, we all know now that Federer fell to Aussie John Millman on Monday night. Federer was 40-0 against players ranked outside the top 50 at the U.S. Open coming into that match with Millman. Just some disturbing comments from Roger Federer about how he was happy that match was over. And you know, as I look back at it, it's easy to take two different approaches. One is you can look at it as a one-off. We all know how brutal the conditions have been in New York. We all know that Arthur Ashe has a little bit of a circulation problem going on in terms of the air there. And maybe Federer just got caught at the right time, in, at the worst time rather, in the worst possible conditions. And there's nothing he could have done about it. And there's nothing anybody else could have done about it. We saw how many players suffered at this U.S. Open and continue to suffer. We've seen it from from young players, old players, fit players, unfit players. It's not that much of a surprise that Federer was suffering. But why did he not try to do anything about it? Why did he not show at least a little more resistance in this match? I mean, the 76 unforced errors, the unwillingness to try any tactics other than drop shots and serve and volley. He basically gave up on this match from the second set on, and he nearly won it. Nevertheless, which is quite impressive for how good Federer is. With you know, He just was serving and volleying and just coming to the net and winning his fair share of points and nearly got out of it. Nearly you know, could have won that four-set tiebreaker, forced the fifth, and kind of cruised through if he could only have held his serve. But just... A lot to worry about with Federer in this match. And when I look at it and think big picture, you wonder where is Roger Federer's desire now in terms of winning these major events? Of course, we knew at Wimbledon that things are going to get more difficult for Federer. Novak Djokovic has returned and he has returned in fantastic form. The next season, we're going to see Andy Murray and Stan Varinka no doubt make another step. We're going to see young players like Alexander Zverev, Dominic Thiem, Stefano Tsitsipas all make steps. It's going to get harder and harder for Federer to win major titles. Is he going to win another one? I'm not going to write him off and say he can't, but his level of desire in this match against Millman really makes me worry. It really makes me wonder how bad does he want it? Why didn't he try to find solutions in this match? Let's hear a little bit more of what Federer had to say after that match on Monday night. I just thought it was very hot tonight. And um, it was just one of those nights where I guess I felt I couldn't get air. You know, there was no circulation at all. And um, I don't know, for some reason, I just struggled in the conditions tonight. You know, um, it's one of the first times it happened to me. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And clearly, just keep on sweating more and more and more as the match goes on. And, you know, you lose energy as, as it goes by. But, uh, you know, John was able to deal with it better. He maybe comes from one of the most humid places on earth, from Brisbane. So I knew I was in for a tough one. And, uh, you know, maybe when you feel like that as well, you um, start missing chances, obviously, and I had those. So 
that was disappointing, but uh, look, I'm just uh, at some point also I was happy that the match was over, I guess. I still can't get over hearing Federer talk like that. Happy that the match was over. He just did not have a solution against John Millman on Monday night, and thus his Grand Slam season comes to an end. Still a fantastic season for Roger Federer. He won his 20th major title at the Australian Open. He became the oldest number one in history shortly thereafter. Tough break at Wimbledon where he was bounced out in the quarterfinals after holding match points against Kevin Anderson. And you have to wonder if that match is still haunting him. But a tough way to close the Grand Slam season. It'll be interesting to see what Roger Federer can do down the stretch, how he can bounce back from this, and of course, how he will look in 2019. I will not, I repeat, will not make the mistake of writing Roger Federer off, but I'm a little worried right now. Here's the question about worrying, because we're talking about worrying about Roger Federer. Should we be worried about Rafa Nadal going into this semifinal with Juan Martin Del Potro? Should we be? Not because Nadal is in an incredible form, because he is, but because Nadal may not be quite as fit as he would like to be after going through three marathons in his last three rounds. I mean, let's look at what he's gone through since the third round. He spent Four hours and 23 minutes on court with Haran Kachanov in a four-set victory in which he struggled a little bit with his right knee. Then in the round of 16, he had to go 319 with Nikolas Basilashvili, and that was a very physical match, again in difficult conditions. And then in the quarterfinals, we saw an epic between Nadal and Austria's Dominic team that went five sets, four hours and 49 minutes. So a lot of tennis, nearly 13 hours of tennis in three rounds for Rafa. Probably be great news that he gets two days off, so he's resting today, and they will go at it, of course, tomorrow in the semifinals. But it's going to be difficult for Nadal to face Juan Martin Del Potro, who is a player who has basically sauntered through his first five matches, dropping just one set. Nadal, of course, has the edge in terms of history. He's actually knocked Del Potro out of three Grand Slams since the last year's U.S. Open. He took out Del Potro in the semis of the U.S. Open last year in four sets, beat him in the semis at Roland Garros this year in straight sets, dropping just seven games. And then, of course, there was that epic at Wimbledon where Nadal beat Del Potro 6-4 in the fifth. So this is a very interesting matchup. Nadal, of course, trying to become the first ATP player to defend the U.S. Open title since 2008. It is not an easy task, and it is even made more difficult by the by the conditions in New York and by Nadal's difficult draw, which we didn't think was going to be very difficult before the tournament started, but the inspired play of Hachinov, Basilashvili, and then Team, who we really didn't expect to be a factor on the hard courts, has become quite the menace. Speaking of Team, we just got to bow down to that performance by the young Austrian. That was the best performance he has ever put in on a surface other than clay. I think it bodes well for him going forward. If he can produce this kind of performances on hard courts, and he is a potential potential winner of titles, not just at Roland Garros, but at the U.S. Open and maybe even at the Australian Open. In team, we might just be talking about a future world number one at some point down the road, but just an amazing step-up performance. And don't think that Rafael Nadal wasn't impressed by it. We know these two are good friends, and we know they have history. We saw how they bonded with one another after the Roland Garros final this year, and Nadal had nothing but praise for his friend team after the match. Let's hear what he said in the press room on Tuesday night. 
being honest, no, he's, he's one of the best guys on tour. Uh, he always plays with plays and practice with a great attitude and yeah, uh, sad for him because when arrives this this moment, uh, he did all the things well to win the match. Uh, me too, I think I I fight it until the end. So it was yeah, it was question of little bit of luck at the end and it was for me. Happy, of course, being in the semi-finals again means a lot to me and uh, it's good to have now two days that probably give me the chance to be at my 100% in that semi-finals. Oh, we're so excited for those men's singles semi-finals and we'll talk a little bit more about the other singles semi-final, which will be between Novak Djokovic and Kane Ishikori in tonight's podcast. For now, we're going to circle back and talk about the women. Women's singles semi-finals taking place in just about four hours in Queens. Serena Williams, she's in the mix again. She's advanced to her ninth consecutive U.S. Open semifinal. She is in very good form right now, probably the best form we have seen since she returned from giving birth to her lovely daughter, Olympia. And Williams looks to be dead set on winning a 24th major title. And here's an amazing stat for you. 30-5 is Serena Williams' record in Grand Slam semifinals. There is nobody better in big match scenarios than the American And you think about it, 35 Grand Slam semifinals, 23 Grand Slam titles, only 12 times has she failed to win a major when she's gotten this far. Things are looking very good for Williams right now. Of course, she owns 72 career titles. The other three semifinalists in the U.S. Open, they have a total of seven between them. Briefly, we'll talk about Williams and how good she has looked. Things that have changed a little bit from maybe where we saw her at Wimbledon, where she was taken out in the final by Angelique Kerber. The movement is a lot better. The confidence is a lot better. The serving is a little bit better. It was pretty good at Wimbledon, but we think it's a little bit better now. So all in all, she's a more well-rounded and a fitter player. She should have no problem getting past Anastasia Sevastova in the semis. And then she'll have to play a very difficult final against either Madison Keys or Naomi Osaka. Here's Williams talking about her improved fitness and form. And here's Williams talking about her desire and how she's aware of the fact that she may not be able to win these major titles forever. That's one thing I really worked on was my moving because it was a little suspect right after I after my return. Um, and I know that I'm fast when I want to be, and I can get any ball that I want to if I want to, and I'm, I still feel that way. You said you have more fire in your belly than ever. What has fed that fire during this tournament? Um, I'm, I'm here to, to do my best, and I don't have 10 more years. At least I don't think so. <laughs> I said that 10 years ago. <laughs> so I don't think I have another 10 years of, you know, having an opportunity to be able to play and win championships. And so every match really means a lot to me. And I kind of go out there and I just do the best that I can. 10 years of Serena Williams. How would that be? Picture Williams, age 46, three or four more kids, still winning major titles, title count now up in the 30s. That would give us all something to write about. Some news on the U.S. Open tonight. They have elected to close the roof for tonight's women's singles semifinals. The U.S. Open reporting that 
Severe weather is in the area and they expect that weather to persist with strong winds throughout the evening. So they have elected to close the roof on Ash and will leave the roof closed for the entirety of both semifinals tonight. Of course, the second semifinal between Madison Keys and Naomi Osaka is one that a lot of tennis fans have their eyes on. Keys and Osaka have a bit of history. They've met three times. Keys has won all three of those matchups, but their first matchup is the most memorable one where Osaka blew a 5-1 lead in the third set to lose to Keys in a third set tiebreaker. Since then, they've both gone on to perform rather splendidly on the WTA Tour. Of course, Keys was a runner-up here at the U.S. Open last year. She has performed excellently at the majors, going 22-4 and at the Grand Slam level since the beginning of last year's U.S. Open. She slid into the semis last night with a rather uncomplicated 6-4, 6-3 win over Carla Suarez-Navarro. Osaka has been red hot here in New York. She has been a player to watch, just in phenomenal form. At one point, she reeled off 22 consecutive games at the U.S. Open. She came through a very tough fourth-round matchup with Irina Sabalenka, winning that one 6-4 in the third. It was a very composed and mature match from Osaka, which shows that she's not only ready to hit the snot out of the tennis ball, she's also ready to do the things she needs to do to win those close, tense matches. And you have to wonder with Osaka, maybe she's not going to be the most consistent performer on the WTA Tour week in and week out. You look back at her performance at Indian Wells and you can draw some parallels. There at Indian Wells, she was also in very convincing form. Osaka rolled through the draw in the California desert, not dropping a set the whole way, beating players like Maria Sharapova, Agnieszka Radwanska, Maria Sakari, Karolina Pliskova, Simona Halep, who she blasted 6-3-6 love in the semis, and Daria Kasatkina, who she defeated 6-3, 6-2 in a lopsided final. So Osaka has proven that not only can she get hot, she can stay hot for a prolonged period of time. It'll be interesting to see if she can maintain her form against Keys and possibly reverse the direction of that rivalry in tonight's second semifinal. Well, that's a wrap for today's edition of the Lucky Let Cord Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll be looking forward to talking to you after today's Women's Singles Semifinals. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes. And check us out at www.tennisnow.com. Thank you so much. <laughs>